Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question, veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. And welcome to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt, sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. I'm Christiana Villegas, co-host and event planner for Marquardt Law Firm. And Mr. Marquardt, what is our mission for Talk Law Radio? The mission of Talk Law Radio is to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs our law license, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but does not want us to attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of general information. Instead, contact an attorney like Mark Hort Law Firm to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Absolutely. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us our sins, our mistakes, doing the wrong thing, or failing to do your will. Please help those who are hunting to do the right thing and take care of the land. Please help Christiana, Kevin, and me to do a good job giving information to the listeners about the law today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mm. Welcome back, Kevin. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm very well. I'm, I'm very glad to be here and hope uh, we can shed some light on some, some questions people have today. Yes, the regulations for hunting get quite uh, confusing or complicated, or maybe we just don't remember them. Um, uh, You were with us last week, but if there are people joining us today that don't know quite who you are, will you just uh, let us know uh, who you work for and what do you do? I'm Kevin Frazier. I'm a Texas game warden. I've Worked with the department almost 18 years now. Uh, I've worked in a couple different counties. I've done some teaching at our academy, and I'm currently in uh, Frio County, uh, the Pearsall area, and uh, really love what I do and uh, love uh, working with the people and and serving the the state of Texas. Great. Thank you for that. While I was uh, reviewing the hunting regulations, uh, it just dawned on me how – prepared somebody really has to be to have a successful hunt all the way back to taking hunters education then you have to buy a a license a hunting license you have to find a landowner that will allow you to hunt with permission 
you have to take time off work during the season, and you have to use a legal firearm, harvest a legal deer or whatever uh, game animal you're hunting, and not too many because there's usually a bag limit. Then you have to remember to tag it, log it, take care of the meat, and properly dispose of its carcass. Sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? <laughs> that sounds like it should be common sense. I mean, chances are you don't have a maid at home, so there's no maid service in the forest, right? No, no. Um, hunters, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, like Todd said, there's a lot of steps involved in the process. And, of course, the main thing is, is be doing it all safely and doing it legally. And that, I think, begins with hunter's education. Exactly. Yeah, if you were a... I know we, we hit on this before, but if you were born uh, on uh, or after September uh, 2nd, 1971, you have to have hunter education. And so uh, the only way that you uh, are exempt from that is if you are a peace officer, a state or federal military, or a retiree um, of a state or military um, service. That's the only way you can be exempt from that. And why do you think it's so important to take hunter's education. Have you seen anything bad happen? Oh, well, I I mean, there's so many things that you see out in the field. Uh, uh, a lot of it is people just out in the field, especially I see it a lot during, mostly during dove hunting and people uh, swinging uh, their, their shotguns uh, in the line of other people, uh, putting their muzzle toward people, n- not, you know, firing in a safe direction. Many times in my career, I've been, I've been peppered or I've been shot from a pretty good distance. But even being shot from a good distance with a shotgun still doesn't feel very good. The pellets still hurt. Did you hear about uh, Dick Cheney, uh, Vice President? Yeah, that happened several years ago. Yeah, and, and he did get a, a he did get a citation, I believe. So, luckily, I was not that game warden. So, yeah, and so if you don't have a valid um, proof of hunter's education. There's a you could be cited for that, right? Yeah, you'll get a uh, you'll get a citation usually, and and all that citation does is it you call the the justice of the peace that you were issued that citation in, and and they'll give you a, a opportunity to take that class and 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 get that. So where exactly will people be able to find? Uh, location or sources to take their hunter's education? Uh, you can go online and, and find classes all over. Uh, you know, sometimes Academy puts them on um, um, other places. But uh, uh, right now, the best place is, is to go to uh, our website, uh, the Texas Parks and Wildlife website, and, and you can do uh, all of that online. It's the easiest way to go. And what's that website called? Uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife. Uh, I think it's tpwd.texas.com. Dot, uh, org. So I have a case study for you. What if there was a guy that that was uh, hunting and heard a shot uh, from the ranch next door and decided to go see what that was about? Maybe the guy needs help, and and so he he calls the the landowner because he he knows the landowner the landowner says no there's nobody hunting on my land today maybe it's the guy on the other side and and so um he calls that guy he says yeah i've got a hunter there why don't you go help him out and um the helper finds uh this hunter with with a deer and um 
asks him, uh, hey, do you have your hunter's safety? No. Um, do you have your hunting license? Uh, yeah, here it is. Well, it turns out the, the, he bought the license after the hunt. Um, have you ever heard of that? Oh, yeah. It happen, <laughs> happens all the time, uh, especially um, I've had lots of scenarios where somebody went hunting. Maybe, let's say maybe the wife went hunting with her husband, but she wasn't going to hunt. But this incredibly big deer came out, and the husband really wanted her to shoot it. And so, anyway, she didn't have the license, but she shot it anyway. And then they went and bought the license. So, so legally, she she shot the deer and took the deer without a license. And so she she would be cited for that. And and um, depends on the discretion of the game warden, but the uh, the animal you know could be confiscated. Right. There's more penalties than just the citation sometimes. Exactly. And whenever we uh, do confiscate a wild game from somebody, there is usually a um, restitution fee that, that you will be uh, you'll be charged with as well, other than than whatever the JP fine would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want that to happen. So the best thing to do is, on your way out to the lease, get your hunting license, uh, not even that expensive compared to other things that people buy. Now, if you're tuning in, you are listening to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. I'm Christiana Viegas, and we're interviewing game warden Kevin Frazier about the hunting regulations that everyone really should be aware of. If you need to get your hunter's education, go to tpwd.texas.org. Okay, so next scenario... Somebody was asking me, hey, I I knew this guy who was living off the land. And the guy that was living off the land claimed that since he was off the grid and didn't go to the grocery store, that uh, the animals were his for the taking because he needed them to survive. Uh, Is he subject to the same season regulations that the rest of us are? Yeah, that's correct. He is. Um, the The animals belong to everybody in the state of Texas. They're everybody's animals. But to legally hunt those animals or take them, uh, you have to have a hunting license and abide by all the seasons and and all the uh, you know different regulations that go with that. Uh, everybody has to do it. I have to do it. So nobody's exempt, really. Except except <laughs> a documented member of the Kickapoo traditional tribe of Texas. That's correct. Okay, so you have to have your hunter's ed. You have to have your um, license. You have to have uh, been in the appropriate season. And you also have to have landowner permission. Uh, I'm sure that this is uh, something that all landowners worry about. Have you ever been dispatched uh, to somebody's ranch because somebody was uh, suspicious that somebody might be out there without permission? You know what happens all the time. It's probably happening right now as we speak. Um, there's a lot of land, a lot of country out there uh, in this great state of Texas. And he, there's a lot of landowners that are absentee landowners. There are a lot of landowners that own multiple pieces of property. And, uh, you know, even... You go from 10 acres to 10,000 acres, uh, you know, there is an accountability factor there for who's out there and, and what people are doing. And, 
and it's very hard. It makes it very challenging to uh, to uh, stay on top of you know where everybody is and who's supposed to be where and, and when. So I definitely uh, try to make sure that there's a contract between the hunters and 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 the landowner and make sure that that everything is signed and and and, and that's all squared away. So there's no question. I ran across uh, some regulation that said if you're in a county of uh, more than 3 million people, 3.3 million, then it's required that you have proof on you. Um, Okay, I think we have to take a break. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Well, we're going to come right back and touch even more on that topic. We definitely need to find out where we're authorized to do your hunting. So stay tuned for Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. know him from talk law radio now ask him your estate planning questions want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die or become disabled instead of leaving it up to a judge then you need to meet with marquardt law firm they can help you do that rsvp today for their latest seminar at 10 a.m on november 6th meridian care on 7181 crestway drive in san antonio call 210-530-4278 that's 210-530-4278 protect what's yours with marquardt law firm You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Mark Court Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. And welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we're still here with Kevin Frazier, a game warden for Frio County, helping us understand more about hunters' education and the regulations when you're out there on the field and looking for your next hunt. Well, I think the best place for hunters to learn about the regulations is the outdoor annual. Right, Mr. Frazier? That's correct. Uh, whenever you buy a license, um, you're given an outdoor annual comes with your license and so that really right there has everything you need to know for every state every season every regulation is in that 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 annual uh, it's kind of like our bible i carry a lot of them around and and you know like hunters i mean there's so much stuff for me to know i i find myself referring to that outdoor annual quite a bit as well so things change and 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 different counties have different regulations sometimes uh, some counties in East Texas have different regulations than some counties in South Texas. So mm-hmm. so uh, it's very important. You can also uh, get the Outdoor Annual app, uh, which is new this year, and you can put that application on your phone, and you can have everything. Because right now, in today's world, everybody's all the information is one click away on your phone. And so uh, Parks and Wildlife decided to, to put, put an app out there for for that to be easier to access. But what happens if you don't have cell service out there? Well, the app, the app actually, uh, once you have the app in your phone, uh, uh, you're, it, you're, it doesn't require uh, any kind of cell service. You, it's already in there. The information's in there. 
So you just you, have you to download it before you go. Yes. So there it is right there. There's really no excuse for why you shouldn't have your outdoor annual. You either get it in paper when you get your license or you should download it on your phone if you don't want to be carrying the book around. Exactly. And not, you know, I run into it all the time. Not everybody carries the book. Uh, I understand that. But most everybody has their phone with them or on them or looking at it at some point within what what's the average six or seven hours a day people look at their phone so you know if you already got it in your hand you might as well have the app on there too and while you're waiting for the deer that's the best time you don't have anything else to do that's right while you're sitting there uh uh you know with your head you know in your uh, phone uh waiting for that deer probably three or four big ones will walk by while you're looking at it but <laughs> hey at least you're you're getting spun up on the law and that's all that matters we were just talking about uh, landowner permission and the requirement for hunters to actually have permission. Um, uh, my brother reminded me this morning that um, most of the hunting land in Texas is privately owned, so you have to have permission by somebody. Yes, that's correct. Um, lots of private land out there, not a whole lot of public opportunity. We do have some public land here in Texas, uh, but... Um, it's it's basically ninety ninety five percent privately owned, so um, so it's it's very very good to have a contract with that landowner. Uh, make sure you have something signed, exactly what the lease entails, what you're supposed to take, what you're not supposed to take, how many people are are permitted to be out there. Uh, I would definitely carry a, a couple copies of that with you. Have one in camp, have one in your truck. Make sure every hunter that's on that lease has one. Now, I'd also have the, the, the landowner's phone number and your phone available in case something does come up or, or there's a problem and a game warden shows up. He, he can at least call the landowner and, and square it up, you know, if they don't have the contract with them. Yeah, or, or take a picture of the contract and have it on your phone. Have it on your phone so, with the app and you have everything you need right there. There you go. Just make sure your phone is charged. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, along with the... Uh, having landowner permission, if you shoot across the fence, that can pose a problem. Yeah, so discharging a firearm across a property line is a Class C misdemeanor, and the only way you can get around that is if you do have permission uh, from the other landowner to, to legally do that. And so basically that's just a simple phone call or, or, or you know, discuss that with them, you know, on the phone or, or – you know, I always prefer to meet somebody in person and have a face-to-face um, conversation. But I would also get that in writing as well. Yeah, That's that probably sounds a good. good. Idea. But you're not allowed to shoot across a roadway. A public roadway, yes. And I see a lot of that, especially during during dove season uh, on some of these county roads where some of these big fields back up to. You've got – I see it all the time. I saw it the other day where I had a 200-acre field, but – I have 25 hunters right on the fence line at the county road. And I don't, I just, I, you know, I go and there's, hey, guys, you've got all this property here. Do not shoot across the, the county road. That's that's against the law, and you will be cited for it. I've, I've heard a lot of cases that all begin on the road where uh, people are hog hunting or deer hunting. And uh, the the whole reason that they got identified and stopped was because, they were on the road. Yeah, yeah there's no open season uh, anywhere in the state of Texas, no open hunting season. 
It's a closed season on any public highway in the state of Texas. And that's for safety, right? Sure. That's number one reason is for safety. Uh, if you're shooting, if you're standing on a road or near a road and you're shooting into a property, you have no idea where that bullet's going. You don't know where a house is or a car or, or anything. So, no, it's definitely not a good idea. I'm no hunter, but that just sounds like lazy hunting. Well, you know, there's a joke amongst the outlaws in the world that says that's, you know, the, 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 the free the free lease is, is the, uh, the, the public roadway because you don't have to pay. But if you get caught and get stopped, uh, you'll definitely be paying. Citation, penalties. restitution, mm-hmm. and then uh, one penalty. And jail time, too. Jail time. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. I heard uh, one, one story where uh, some guys were hunting on the roadway. Uh, they didn't have anything, no hunter's ed, no license. Of course, they were on the roadway, so they got cited for that. And uh, they also happened to have um, fake identification. So, yeah. you know, it just goes down the one thing worse after the other. Yeah, those things stack up. I've made several stops like that where it was like that and, you know, you had open containers of alcohol and drugs and yeah, oh, it goodness. just doesn't it doesn't ever turn out very well. So, best thing is to, you know, go get a hunting lease and and do it the right way. And so after you've gotten your hunter's education, your license, your permission from the landowner, and and you found a, a legal uh, game animal to uh, harvest. Then after the harvest is done, what's the first thing you have to do? Well, the law states immediately upon kill when you're hunting deer, uh, you need to tag that deer. So um, if you're hunting under your license and you're not on an MLD property, uh, you will pull the appropriate tag off your hunting license that are marked and numbered and it'll say whitetail uh, buck or doe so if you shot a buck you'd pull the buck tag off uh, you would cut out the month and the day and then uh, you would attach that to the deer and you can attach that anywhere on the deer as long as you know it can be inspected by a game warden and then on the back of your hunting license there's a harvest log and you go ahead and you you write down that on the back uh you know, and the same information as, as what you cut out. It's the month, the date, and the property that you were on. And uh, it's just an accountability of your tags. So whenever I look at your hunting license and you're missing two tags, I can look on the back and those that information, that harvest log will tell me where and when you took that animal. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, if you're tuning in, you've not tuned in through the wrong channel. This is Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt, and we're having Game Warden Kevin Frazier here helping us understand what are the regulations for hunting in Texas and making sure that you follow the regulations that you can find in your outdoor annual. It is available when you have your hunter's license as a paperback, or you can go to the app store and find outdoor annual and download it to your phone. Yeah, you know, as a new hunter, uh, I was frequently confused about the tagging and all of the steps. And so that that's part of the reason that I would read this outdoor annual religiously is to make sure that I was following all the right steps. And so uh, I think the state of Texas realizes that there's a lot of guys like me that are trying to figure this out. So I've seen diagrams uh 
specific instructions that tell you how to do this. And yeah. if you don't do it the right way, then that's another citation. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's not that hard. It's it's pretty self-explanatory. You, the same information that you cut out and put on that tag is the same information you're going to write on the back of that license. And like I said, you can tag that deer anywhere just as long as um, I'm able to inspect it. Well, why is it so hard for people to remember to tag their animals? You shot it, you're walking up to it, you have the tag with you, right? It should be that easy. Well, but, you know, some people, you know, they're very excited, you know, that some for some it's people. It's like winning the lottery. <laughs> for some people, yeah. It, it, your first deer, you'll never forget it. And uh, But even even if it's, you know, your hundredth deer, you still you still get that excitement and that adrenaline rush. And so sometimes it is easy to overlook that, but but if you've been in the game long enough, and and, and you know you're you're a legal hunter, um, you know it's it's something that that, you, that you'll remember pretty quick. You know you got to take your pen with you because you're going to have to write stuff down. Got to bring a knife or the the little Swiss Army knife with the tiny scissors. There you go. I like that better. Yeah. A, a, a lot of people will just mark out that with a pen. And, and no, the, the law states specifically you need to cut the dates out. Okay, let me tell you a story about uh, something um, I found from News Talk 1290. Um, found this on their website. It's a, a story uh, about a lady that posted her photos to uh, Facebook. Why don't I tell that story after we come back from the break? Absolutely. So don't change that channel. We still have more information to cover with Kevin Frazier here on Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt. Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. And welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm Christiana Viegas, your co-host, and we're here with game warden Kevin Frazier of Frio County, helping us understand what are the regulations for hunting in the state of Texas. And I believe we were going to follow up on some Facebook articles, weren't we? Yeah, I, I saw an article about a, a Facebook post that landed uh a lady and her boyfriend in some trouble, but uh, it's probably more than just Facebook. Oh, yeah, social media nowadays. I mean, you know, we were talking about the phone earlier and how everybody has the phone in their face five or six, seven hours a day. Well, social media is a big part of that. And, you know, of course, you, you, you shoot that big deer or, or or you have that good dove hunt, and what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to take pictures and put it on your Facebook, put it on your Twitter, your Instagram. And uh, over the years, uh, the social media platform has been a very great way for us to investigate and, and make some pretty good cases. Just make sure that it's yours and you <laughs> did it legally with a license. That's right. That's right. It's Again, I'm all about, you know, letting everybody know, you know, what you've done, but make sure you did it the right way and you won't have a problem. So I, I heard about this case um, where a guy claimed to have a bad memory. 
and uh, the warden was looking at his license and noticed that there wasn't anything cut out. And, and, and the guy said, oh, yeah, I, I took a turkey this year. And through more conversation, oh, yeah, and I, and I did take a deer this year. Of course, all this isn't logged on the back of the license. And, and so uh, the game warden had an opportunity to uh, teach him again, uh, remember this is how you fill this out, and, and here's your citations. The harvest log, the harvest log is, is on the back of that license. And, and, yeah, that you know when you're missing tags, like we talked about earlier, you, and it's mainly for deer, but when you when, when you when you fill out that harvest log, it it helps me and tells me where those tags went. Now I know it's a lot of information to go over, and there are many regulations that people should be familiar with. So remember, you should have an outdoor annual. You will get a paperback available once you get your hunter's license, and to get your hunter's license, you need to get the education. Follow up on T pwd.texas.org to get your hunter's education. And remember, the Outdoor Annual is available as an app as well. So, Mr. Frazier, you were telling me one time uh, about this this family of hunters that uh, you had to investigate. And uh, you told me that your pet peeve grew out of that encounter. Well, one of the the pet peeves that I have is 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 people lying to me and setting bad examples, especially in front of their children. And you know, you can we can all think back to a time when we were little that something happened that it just ingrained in our memory forever. And uh, especially nowadays, with with the way the 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 environment is with with police officers, I want kids and hunters and and I, I want those experiences to be positive all the time and so even when there's a, a situation where where a parent or, or or a guardian made a mistake made a hunting mistake you know it's always good I try to always pull the parents away from the family and the and the children and deal with it but but in the case that we have to deal with it there as a whole I want to make sure that they're telling me the truth and setting a good example because those kids are always going to remember what they what their parents or guardians told the police officer, and if they told them the truth, but then again, how I treated them as well. And I want that all to be a positive experience because if there's a bad experience there, then that that kid grows up to never trust law enforcement and never t- trust police officers or game wardens, and that's definitely not the experience I want out of that. Yeah, so if you're out there and you're just starting your hunting career or your hunting hobby, you want to make sure and do it the right way uh, because the game wardens are there for your protection and for the protection of uh, the natural resources that we have. And we want to make sure that you don't get in trouble. Let's move on to what happens after the hunt. Have you ever come across somebody who didn't follow their deer? They lost it. Oh, it happens all the time. You know, it's happened to me. You know, I've made what I thought was a remarkable shot on a deer, and I watched it lay there for 25 minutes, and as soon as I step out of the blind, it jumps up and runs away. And unfortunately, that's part of the experience sometimes. Uh, There's not many hunters that will tell you that they've shot and killed every single deer, not one ran off. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, it happens, and 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 you know, you, you have to make a uh, a reasonable effort to to track that deer and find that deer, and uh, you got to make sure if that deer does cross onto someone else's property, that you call the the neighboring landowner if you don't have permission already to 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 let them know what the situation is, and and if you do have permission to go track it and. And hopefully, usually, a lot of times, uh, there's not a problem with that. And I've I've tracked many many deer in my game warden career that were not my deer; they were other hunters' deer. And I I love to do it if I have the opportunity. I can help them. Definitely want to help them, you know, uh, bring that deer to camp and get it harvested. Yeah, the guys I hunt with, we always help each other. Yeah, it's good. So there there was a case out in Gonzales County that I read about. Uh, where they found a, a, a deer that had a deer carcass that had been illegally dumped, and um, the game warden was able to find the individual who had illegally dumped this deer carcass uh, because he left his agricultural uh, tax exemption identification card oh, wow. with the deer. What? Yeah, I've I've made many cases where somebody uh, shot a deer tagged it, you know, took the meat, and then dumped the rest of the carcass out on the county road, but they left their, their tag on the on the deer, and that's illegal dumping. Uh, you, you can't do that. And uh, under the, the laws of illegal dumping, you, you cannot, uh, you cannot uh, dispose a dead animal at a place that is not uh, an approved solid waste site, including a place on or within 300 feet of a public highway or on the right-of-way of a public or private property. So if the carcass weighs more than five pounds, it's a violation, and it's a Class B misdemeanor. That's an arrestable offense, and that, that can be punishable up to 180 days in jail, up to a $2,000 fine, or both. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, where you're hunting, make sure you have a place to, to safely and legally dispose of, of the, the carcass of that deer. There's the other problem with that, a safety issue, is when you dispose those things on the side of the road, uh, it brings in buzzards, and, and those cause a lot of accidents mm-hmm. uh, every year on the highways. So got to be careful with that. I, I read this other story about uh, a suspicious package uh, kept Walmart employees and customers inside a north side uh, location in San Antonio for a few hours. Uh, the bomb squad had to examine what it was, oh, goodness. and it happened to be a deer carcass. Oh, wow. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, not not a good deal. That, that tied up a whole lot of resources for no reason. I mean, hearing all these stories that people are just dumping the remains of these deers and the animals that they're hunting, it goes to show that not everyone has the same ideals when they're out there hunting. I would think that if you're hunting, it's for respecting the game and using the resources. And a lot of people just go out there thinking, no, I'm just going to shoot it and one and done, and there's no cleanup afterwards. Yeah, unfortunately. And that that goes with any facet of life. You have the people that do things right and the people that don't. And that's why I have a job, and that's why we stay busy year-round. Some people that just want the trophy, and, and they waste the game. That's uh, illegal as well. Yeah, no, you have to you have to take, um, you know, on game animals, especially with deer, you have to 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 take all the meat uh, uh, as reasonable as you can, and and use it. You can't waste any of it. 
the edible portions, you know, the, the quarters, the back strap should take all that. Even if you're not going to take it to a taxidermist or a, a processor, and you're allowed to process it yourself, mm-hmm. but you, you have to do that in a responsible way. Well, the place to find information, you can go to tpwd.texas.org or find the Outdoor Annual app at your app store for your phone. I'm really, uh, I, I really want to stress the hunter education thing. I've, I've seen some very terrible hunting accidents in my career and I uh, had, had seen a lot of, a couple people lose their lives and other people end in, you know, their careers or other things because they got shot or because they shot themselves or somebody else. So really, uh, uh, please, if it, even if you don't fall into that, that, you know, born out on or after September 2nd, 1971, I still think you should take the class and I, I guarantee you'll learn something out of it. Yeah, my oldest brother wouldn't let me hold a firearm until I took that class. And uh, I was glad after I did because there was a whole lot of stuff I, I didn't know just about firearm safety. And uh, I took the class again when my middle son took hunter safety. I sat through the class with him and I felt like I got reminded of things that I already knew or were common sense. But it was still good for me to be there. I wasn't bored at all. Yeah, uh, hunting is like any other activity or any sport or, or anything in your everyday life. If you get lackadaisical with it and you don't take it seriously, um, an accident can happen very quickly. And it could cost somebody uh, a pretty serious injury or death. And definitely don't want to deal with that. No. Well, we still have a little bit more to cover about the hunting regulations, so don't change that dial when you come back to listening to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. know him from talk law radio now ask him your estate planning questions want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die or become disabled instead of leaving it up to a judge then you need to meet with marquardt law firm they can help you do that rsvp today for their latest seminar at 10 a.m on november 6th meridian care on 7181 crestway drive in san antonio call 210-530-4278 that's 210-530-4278 protect what's yours with marquardt law firm You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. And welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we have Game Warden Kevin Frazier here with us learning about the hunting regulations for the state of Texas. So we were just talking about how important it is 
to have uh, hunter safety and to take that class seriously so that there's no accidents. I would imagine that um, in Texas now, uh, people can hunt hogs. Uh, there's no season. You can hunt them year-round. You can hunt them at night. That what? might be dangerous, too. Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, you know, hogs are, are a problem on most ranches here in Texas, and and it's pretty popular. Uh, people do a lot of hunting and uh, do a lot of hunting at night with them. And 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 with that, you know, when you're hunting at night, usually using spotlights. So uh, we recommend that if you're going to spotlight a ranch at night, uh, especially during deer season, uh, it's it's always nice to get a courtesy call uh, from the hunter. You know, call the game local game board, let them know what you're going to be doing, where you're going to be doing it, maybe the times, just so that uh, uh, you know the game board knows that he doesn't get a call from another hunter or another ranch uh, saying, "Hey, he thinks someone's illegally hunting deer." When when you got the call already and you knew, it saves saves us from having to get up in the middle of the night for no reason mm-hmm. to go investigate something that we already knew about. It, it really helps us out a lot. Because you can hunt the hogs with lights at night, but you cannot hunt deer with lights at night. No, you cannot. No, you cannot hunt. Have there still been cases like that where people say they're going to hunt the hogs and they go and they shoot other game? Well, it's happened before, yeah. So you just need to be, you know, diligent. And, and, you know, I've had that happen a couple times where someone told me they were were hunting hogs at night. But doesn't mean I'm still not going to go out there because I— you know, even though now you don't need a license to hunt hogs, you still have to have hunter education if you fall in with that requirement. Mm-hmm. So I may still go out there just to see the people that are hunting if they do have hunter education. And remember, you can find your hunter's education by visiting tpwd.texas.org and then get your hunter's license to find your outdoor annual either as a paperback or in your app store to download it onto your phone. Oh, yeah. I wanted to mention uh, before we close out this segment that there there are some additional regulations uh, regarding CWD, which stands for chronic wasting disease. There are some counties that have, have a problem with their, their deer with having this disease, and there's a, additional checkpoints that you have to take your deer to and there, there's additional rules that you should follow. We're not going to get into that today. I'm going to try and get a hold of a, a wildlife biologist to explain what's going on with that. And so if you know a wildlife biologist or you are a wildlife biologist, give me a call at the law firm and we'll talk about getting you on the air to discuss this. You can reach us at 210 210- Five three zero four two seven eight. That's uh, Marquardt Law Firm. Just to let us know uh, if you have a contact with a wildlife biologist. And I do apologize. The whole time that I've been saying the website to find Hunter's Education, I was incorrect. It is still tpwd.texas.org. Gov. That's G O V. Please disregard the dot org and put in dot gov. Okay, so we we kind of skipped over uh, dove hunting. We're still in the dove hunting season, and so I want to talk about some of the regulations with regard to dove. One is the bag limit, and last week we talked about 
the bag limit, I think. Uh, this week, um, I want to hit on the regulation that uh, forbids uh, baiting the area. Yeah, so uh, people do, uh, from time to time, uh, place bait to attract doves, and so that's illegal, and you definitely can't do that. And hunting over a baited area, I can give you the definition, and it's where bait has been directly or indirectly placed, exposed, scattered, or distributed to serve as a lure or attraction for harvesting migratory birds. And so uh, it's illegal for you to, to, to put bait out to attract those birds. And so... If you are caught doing that, of course, you'll have a fine. Uh, your birds will be uh, confiscated, and you'll pay restitution for each bird. So how do you know, Mr. Frazier? You, you go out to a, a ranch. How do you know that they're baiting? Well, usually you'll see it. You'll see Milo. You'll see corn thrown out, you know, you know, on the roadway there, you know, in the ranch or out, out you know, in the pasture, you know, where, where there shouldn't be any. That's pretty easy. I had one case where uh, I found some somebody was was uh, advertising a hunt in the classifieds, and uh, anyway, looked it up and, and went out to the ranch, and there was somebody at the gate handing out a map to the ranch, and it showed where all the feeding lines were. So uh, that was that was pretty easy to, oh. to figure out. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So there's all kinds of ways to catch people. Sometimes it's easier than others. So. When I was uh, researching for our show today, I I learned that most of uh, the citations that they that you can get for hunting uh, mishaps are Class C misdemeanors, and so I think that means that uh, they'll probably have to appear in uh, court at the Justice of the Peace. Yes, and and most of the time, what we do is we we'll give the phone number all the time. We'll give the phone number of the for the judge and. Most all of those kinds of classy misdemeanors can be taken care of over the phone by just calling the judge and, and talking to the judge or the judge's secretary. So you don't have to really appear. Your your call is your appearance. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that makes it easy. Uh, but I'm I'm sure that some people want to argue that, you know, I, that wasn't me. Uh, I didn't do it. Um, sure. I have a good reason. Isn't that a song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's their right. It's their they they have a legal right to to to, to see the judge and and to and and if they want to have a uh, you know if they want to have a hearing or a trial they they definitely have their due due uh, justice for that. So, how about the rules uh, about uh, sunset and sunrise when when you're hunting dove? That probably comes up. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. Uh, the shooting hours are from one half hour before sunrise to sunset. So make sure that, that you know uh, you know all the legal hours, and you can find that usually on your phone. It'll show you the uh, you know the times of the sunrise and sunset. Okay. Yeah. I heard this story about a, a game warden that was dispatched because somebody was shooting after sunset, and so the the game warden gets there, and of course he sees the corn scattered around and uh, starts asking the hunters, uh, you know, are you baiting out here? <laughs> well, the the one young man dropped his head and said, yeah, about 50 pounds of <clears throat> corn. Wow. <laughs> well, that should have brought in lots of, lots of birds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, when you're hunting dove, you have to worry about when you're hunting. You also have to not bait. 
and then you have to make sure that you're you're only getting uh, your permitted bag limit. And uh, I think that there's some common problems with the bag limit. Well, well, I mean, there's common problems with when they shoot more than fifteen. And that's that's a common problem. So so people say, well, well, the daily bag limit. It's the daily bag limit. You can only shoot fifteen birds that day, not fifteen in the morning and fifteen in the evening. It's fifteen birds altogether. Total. Yes. And if people are hunting together, and they like to take a picture with all the dove. Uh, and, and a game warden shows up. How do you deal with the bag limit then? Well, that can definitely be a problem with if you got you know you got two hunters and they have you know thirty birds stacked up on the tailgate. You know which which birds are theirs. They need to really keep them separate as uh, the best that they can. And that gets into an even bigger issue when there's more hunters and more birds involved. So try to keep those birds separated at all times. And that keeps you out of that problem. Okay, Mr. Frazier, I, I thank you for joining us. But before we end our uh, session today, our episode, um, I wanted to ask you about your legacy. At Marquardt Law Firm, uh, we do wills and trusts and estate planning. And so our, our primary purpose is to help people make sure that they leave a legacy to those that they love. For me, for an example, uh, part of my legacy to my son is my baseball card collection. And for my daughter, it would be my books. What would you say your legacy is? Well, I'd say, I would say probably for the 18 years I've been a game warden, my legacy is just to try to leave a good impression on people. Um, I've been a part of, of a lot of different things in my career, a lot of different cases, a lot of search and rescue events. Um, had the, the 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 opportunity to uh, to change a lot of lives and save a lot of lives, and and that means a lot to me. And and I know that we uh, often in our job we encounter people, you know, sometimes in their worst time and their worst hour. But uh, I think how you deal with that that situation, how you deal with those people, and uh, will leave a good mark for them. Uh, you treat them with respect, and and leaving them with something to remember you by. And how you treated them and, and, and the situation they were in uh, is real important to me. And, and not all the time, you know, I, I, I say I, I haven't, you know, I can't say that every single contact I've had with somebody was good for them. But I always try to make, turn uh, a negative into a positive and just, you know, at the end of the day, want them to know that, hey, that game warden treated me well. I, I made a mistake, but he, he treated me res- with respect and, and I appreciate that and hope to see him again soon. Yeah, saving lives and protecting the um, wildlife of the state of Texas, that's a great legacy. Um, I also wanted to let our listeners know when I was reading through all these laws that right at the beginning of uh, Chapter 61 of the Uniform Wildlife Regulatory Act, it says the purpose of this chapter is to provide a comprehensive method for the conservation of an ample supply of wildlife resources on a statewide basis to ensure reasonable and equitable enjoyment of the privileges of ownership and pursuit of wildlife resources. So aside from safety, I think the purpose of all these regulations is 
just to be fair for everybody in the whole state. Just remember, you can find all this information at tpwd.gov. But tune in next week to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt.